All right, so then I guess there'll be like a little like jingle or something. I'll have to go through audition. Mm-hmm. See what happens. So, all right. Welcome, everybody. This is the first episode of a podcast idea that I came up with not too long ago uh, called Cosplay Bites. And basically, it's just going to be cosplay centered, like talking about conventions, um, highlighting specific cosplay, maybe getting some guests in from time to time and have them like share how to do a certain technique and stuff like that. So for this first episode, I have with me one of my best friends to help me out with this, uh, Mink the Seder, since she'd done several podcasts before. And I figured why not get someone who is used to this stuff. So yeah, (laughs) thanks for coming on. Of course. All right, so um, I titled this episode Katsukon 2018 because I imagine that's going to be the bulk of what this podcast episode is going to be about, and um, I don't know how long it'll be, so it's just a little trial and error as I start getting used to this um, whole podcast being an offshoot of my blog which is into my patreon and all that stuff so mink we were both at Castucon this year yes uh the time of recording this has been uh, uh about a week ago was when we all went our separate ways yep <laughs> i showed up uh early thursday afternoon uh 6:50 train ride down to Virginia. I met some friends who picked me up from the train station and they brought me over to the Wyndham Resort, which is like right around the corner from where the Gaylord was. And yeah, I stayed there for well, pretty much till the following Monday when I went home early that morning as well. When I first started going to Katsukon, it wasn't always the fashion to get your hotel for the following day, but more and more people um, are starting to get their hotels from Thursday night through to Monday so that they could make their travel plans a little bit more agreeable. There's always this mad dash at the end of a convention once it's over to leave. And I mean, I know I've got parking garage horror stories where I'm sitting in gridlock in the same parking garage for like two hours trying to get out of uh, the Gaylord hotel garage. Um, Oh, that was, that was a tough year. Uh, But to sort of combat that, uh, I know quite a number of people, particularly cosplayers who've been um, seeing if they can extend their stay. Katsukon is usually the weekend before president's day. So as long as you have president's day off that following Monday, uh, you get a little bit of um, flexibility. Yeah, I I remember going on the way home. Two of my roommates, I guess they stayed later on Monday and didn't go back Monday, either afternoon or Monday night, because I think they're both from Indiana or something like that. So they had a flight that day, but I saw them. They were still at the gazebo, like shooting in that area. So <laughs> I I think more and more people may try to do that. And I even 
saw a friend post saying that um, it's not like Catacon is now getting more crowded and they either have to change up their outfits to debut on which days because like I saw people like um, Danielle Ballou, um she couldn't she didn't wear cosplay at all. She barely went down to the convention because she was just she was going to debut her new outfit on a Saturday and it was just like bumping into people, armor falling off. It was didn't seem like it was worth it. I think Katsukon has one of those um, cosplay friendly reputations that because it's set in such a beautiful hotel um, in National Harbor, it's it's got a lot of buzz around it in the cosplay world. A lot of people have heard of Katsukon and MAGFest, which takes place in the same hotel um, a couple weeks earlier. And that gazebo has achieved legendary status. This is the convention where everyone brings their A-game. So I I can see why it's getting crowded. Uh, Of course, there's that like unspoken secret that unless you are partaking of the convention panels or going to the um, the dealer's hall or the uh, the artist alley, there's there's a high amount of lobby conning, which is that phenomenon where you go to a public space and don't necessarily buy a ticket to go to an event that's being held within that private space. That's what I, I think, did. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what unfortunately contributes to that overcrowding is when you have a significant number of people who are lobby conning um, whether they can't afford the uh, Katsukon weekend pass fee or um, they just choose not to. It, it does mean that there are more people than is anticipated on the show floors. So it can make it a little challenging when you're in larger costumes to, to navigate and move around. And this being Katsukon, the famous cosplay convention i think there are a lot of large costumes so even individuals are taking up a bigger footprint than typical yeah so both of us cosplayed that weekend you did two outfits yeah i um i can only go to katsu on saturday and sunday so i i just had two outfits all right um what were they uh, on Saturday, I was uh, Pokemon themed. Uh, there's a Pokemon from the newest game, Sun and Moon, called Mimikyu, which is a delightful, like, patron scene of cosplay because it dresses up to look like Pikachu um, and doesn't do the best job of it, which is part of why I love this character so very much. So I did a like J-pop gothic Lolita version of the character. And that was very, very fun. I got to cosplay with a couple of my friends. We did um, Pokemon fairy types uh, as part of a band. Right. Yeah, that was that was fun to tag along with you when you did the mini little music video shoot. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, part of going to Katsukon, of course, is because it's so beautiful. A lot of folks like to do videos or photo shoot sessions. And so I managed to get the band together 
to do a, um, a video session. And the focus was that we were working on making a music video, which is yeah. pretty sweet to be a part of. It's just a little on the cold side when we were filming it. It was also a little on the rainy side when we were filming it. So yeah. those of us who had more skin showing had to like go inside and wait in behind the doors until it was their turn to get filmed, then come out, be filmed, and then go back inside again. It was, it was a little rough, but I think the end results are going to be absolutely worth it. Yeah. And then I tagged along with you on Sunday morning because you got some of your morning shoots in your Aloy outfit. Yes, that's from um, the PlayStation 4 exclusive game, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, that one, I've worn that costume a couple of times before, and I'm sure I'll wear it a few more times again. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite outfits you've ever done. It just looks so comfy and like the whole <laughs> the wig and all the material that you use to kind of... Uh, I guess like heighten the accuracy of like the stuff that would have been available at the time, like in that game's like setting and time period. It was just, Oh, I love it so much. Well, thank you for noticing. That was a major, um, a major stress point for the costume construction was I wanted to make sure that for that particular character, anything that would have been made out of natural material was then made out of natural material. I didn't want to um, half step it or use something um, other than the material the game designers were clearly programming it to be. It was a really fun project. It took a lot out of me. So it's great to see that, um, that other people get as much enjoyment out of it as I do. Yeah. And then I myself cosplayed once again as a, uh, Prompto Argentum from Final Fantasy 15. It was his casual skin without the jacket, and I felt like out of like Final Fantasy is just notorious that and Kingdom Hearts for having like batshit crazy designs. And I just saw his outfit without the jacket. And I was like, ha, I could pull that off. And so I did. And I got some wonderful shoots from uh DT Jam over on Twitter. He was phenomenal with helping me pose and it was on that Saturday when you debuted your Mimikyu and it was it was snowing yeah that was a that was a very strange weather pattern day because the day started out quite sunny and a little on the warmer side and then the clouds rolled in and then we got snow and then the temperature heated up a little bit. And then we got just sort of this rainy, dull drizzle. And then by the end of the night, it was somewhat clear skies so that the following day was, was just clear, beautiful skies. Yeah. Very, very strange weather. (laughs) Muscle t-shirt in the snow. Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> you know, it was it was one of those ironic moments because when I was doing my shoots as Mimikyu, I was sitting there thinking to myself like, oh, but you know, Aloy would have looked so much cooler in this snow weather. Oh and then by suppose it was true for on Sunday when it was beautiful weather. It's like, oh, you know, as great as it is wearing Aloy, Mimikyu would have been perfect. But it's, that's the weather for you. You can never really predict yep. it. But the good news is that everything came out great regardless. So. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. <laughs> uh, what else can we talk about the con? Uh, 
Well, you were telling me you had a moment, an unexpected moment in an elevator. <laughs> you know, I was going to say that. Uh, when do I say it? So I was I was in Prompto on that Saturday walking up the escalator and this guy pops in front of me. He smiled and gives me a nod and he, he's out in front of me. Like I'm sitting behind him on the escalator going up and I'm thinking to myself, he looks familiar like the hair and the face and he had all this camera equipment and whatnot. And so I never really got a chance to say hi to him or thank him for what he did because he was at the end of it, he would like sit in front of the concierge area, but it was just bugging me. Like, I know who he is. I just can't put my finger on it. And I looked through who I was following on Twitter, looked through his pictures and yep, it was Robbie Damon the voice actor for Prompto and Akechi and all other characters from recent Wait, hits. Wait, Goro Akechi? Robbie Damon? Yeah. That shocked me as well. That's, that's um, a character from Persona 5, those who are unfamiliar with who the character Goro Akechi is. That's that's delightful. I really liked his, his voice work in, yeah. in Persona. I don't think I would have known that that was the same voice actor, but now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I'm on board. Yeah. So now I'm kicking, I would, I would kick it myself for not saying hi or getting a Polaroid snapshot with them. Right. That's but at the, the same time, it was, it's probably better that you didn't because the elevator is probably not the venue to do so. He did have signings and things that were like the designated times to do. Yeah. He smiled and nodded. So I was like, yeah, he noticed me. <laughs> Some guy noticed me. That was and the other thing. You know thing. what? That sounds like it was a perfect enough story. It had yeah. beginning, middle, and end. Everything you could ask for. Yeah. That was the other thing. Prompto was a character. His main weapon is a gun. I didn't have the time or the patience to make his gun. But the other thing is he's into photography. Like all the main bros have like a side hobby that they do. And Prompto, they're taking pictures. And after every time you save in the game, like a little like sizzle reel of photo that he randomly took when you were fighting and walking around um, and you get to choose like keep to an, uh, a photo album or you share it online so to make I mean, up for that I brought along my Polaroid camera and it worked <laughs> really well <laughs> so that was my fun story do you have any fun stories from Kastukan? Oh, I've got like dozens of fun stories um, you know I had, I had a great moment that just gave me life and that's like what I live for is when you work really hard on a costume and then someone notices the thing that you did that you didn't think other people were going to notice. So a lot of preamble for what is essentially when I was uh, debuting Mimikyu, one of the things I had with me was a very large bass guitar prop. And it wasn't a real bass because um, it needed to be sort of this very bizarre shape. And the shape wound up being based on Mimikyu's tail, which Looks like a derpy version of Pikachu's tail, if you're unfamiliar with the character. And I worked very hard to make sure that I had that silhouette going uh, so that if I were to pick the bass guitar up by the neck and hold it upside down, it would just look like Mimikyu's tail. And I didn't integrate the tail design into anything else that I did because I was thinking, that's it. That's my tail. We're good here. And uh, I was at a uh, Pokemon photo shoot that Saturday. And we, we had a lot of silly moments and, you know, was meeting a lot of cool people, um, trying desperately to hear what was happening over the sound of there being so many folks. Okay. 
all at once in a large open area that's basically an echo chamber. Uh, <laughs> so it's time for the ghost type Pokemon to come up and uh, get those photos taken. There were quite a few Mimikyu's and I'm sitting there with my base. And at some point I pick on my base by the neck and I turn it around so that you could just see the back of the base guitar, which is all brown, the correct color of Mimikyu's tail. And somewhere from the audience, uh, photographers and just people who are on looking, you just hear someone cut through the crowd like, oh my God, the base is her tail. And <laughs> Like everyone's, you know, the ooing and eyeing of just that like small moment made me feel so special. It was just like, a, yes, you figured it out. You picked through my design and it worked. You know now what I was doing. And when it comes to designing non-human characters, because that's ultimately what I was doing was I wasn't copying like I did with Aloy. I was making a uh, costume design of my own. So to see an element that I was sitting there kind of being like, eh, you know, I know what this is and I'm excited about it, but I don't know if everyone's going to figure it out. Seeing right. everyone figure it out was a very rewarding experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just like, just people asking for your photo because they liked your outfit so much. That also can be a really, put you on like an emotional high like yay someone liked my outfit so much exactly <laughs> and it, it's fun um if you're the kind of person who gets a lot of enjoyment from that attention which i absolutely am that kind of person you would be surprised how much you could sort of deal with like if your costume is itchy or hurting or if your feet are hurting from being on heels all day or stuff like that you don't notice it you just get into that con high of excitable people being excited about you and everyone else and it's it's so easy to lose yourself into it i think that's why i enjoy conventions so very much yeah yeah um let's see any were there any like standout cosplays that you saw in passing while you were at the con there were i mean always there's always standout cosplay that i see passing um in the con uh i think this year i feel like um jay hart design had a very beautiful marie antoinette let them eat cake moment that i was just living for um i was quite literally off to the side um just sitting there i think on sunday he was wearing it just looked beautiful and elegant everything i could ever want and i'm just sitting there like oh my god he looks so pretty i hate how pretty he looks because it's so good and i can't even handle it i was just like singing angry songs about like how beautiful and meticulous the work was and how like it was so moving that it just was like some people when they see beautiful things they're moved to tears i was moved to like angry song making i don't i don't have any other way of explaining it uh apparently this made quite a number of people around me laugh and i would not be surprised if jay hart was just like you know, listening in and just being like, who is this crazy person? What Can't are they confirm. doing? I was right next to her when she was doing that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> just angry songwriting. Oh, it's one of my many talents uh, when I move to anger. I, I am capable of quite a tune. Um, 
And I feel like uh, I didn't get to see it up close, which is a real shame. But um, Cowbuck Crunchies had been working on something for quite some time that she debuted on Saturday. And I couldn't tell you what the character was, despite having watched her progress on it for the last few months. Like, no idea. But it looked beautiful. And that's really all that matters. Um, I got to see her, um, her seraphim again on Sunday as well. And um, that's a costume that I really admire. I got to see it when the two of us competed at um, the uh, Eastern Championships of Cosplay at New York Comic Con um, in 2017. So it was just good to see it again. Um, I think she's probably made some like little minor tweaks or I just am noticing more details that I didn't notice then. Either way, she looks smashing in it. So I always, you know, look forward to seeing people who uh, are local to me because she's, you know, the next town over, which is amazing. Um, but I always just look, look forward to seeing costumes that I'd been keeping my eye on before or I had seen in person and was really wowed by it. Getting a chance to see it a second time is always a, a real treat. Right. And uh, I'm trying to think. I saw, I saw like the Armored Evolutions returned. I think they were the same group of people. I think. Yeah, it was, it was the, the same crew. Um, nine folks. I know a couple of them, but I haven't had the pleasure of meeting all yeah. of them. Yeah. League of Larcy pointed me to the Umbreon one, and I'm trying to figure out probably within the next month to show it off of my outfit during at nighttime when like some of the area was dark in the hotel room and they all were lighting up. I was like, Ooh, this yeah, is awesome. Great. Um, these are, uh, evolutions from Pokemon that are sort of inspired by those mecha suits like Voltron esque, but not quite. They're a little bit more detailed than that. Um, right. each one has, LED strips and lights integrated very smartly into the design. So it's, it's delightful to see them in the daytime when you can see a lot of those uh, paint job details, but then at night or rather like once the sun goes down, that's when I think they really, and pardon the pun shine because you really get to see how cleverly the crew has integrated the lights into their cosplay. And I think that's a really important element Right. Yeah. Uh, one of my roommates, he does a fantastic Nyx from King of Glaive Final Fantasy 15, the movie. And it was awesome being to see pics of it online. Like he added in like all the scars and burnt makeup that you see the character wearing towards the end of the movie. Um, trying to think. Um, one of my friends. Uh, Intraventist, she put together a group of other ladies that I know to be part of this. I guess something called Monster Girl Encyclopedia. Maybe I'm unfamiliar with the series, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it is or where it came from, but she had her and a couple of other friends dressed up as basically like monster, kawaii, cute girls. And then on Saturday, she was in her. Um, kawaii uh death knight from world of warcraft basically it was just like a death knight but like in full-blown pink unicorns white sparkles she had a full-on like death axe it was something else 
I do love when folks do that sort of like kawaii take um, on particularly evil or sinister looking characters. I think it's really funny. It still, it still tickles me pink. Yeah. Um, hmm. Any other stuff about cats do we wanted to talk about or you think we hit pretty much everything on the head? <laughs> I mean, the, the summary point of Katsu is it is very crowded. Uh, it's gorgeous costume work and it's a beautiful yeah. location. It's one of the few conventions where I'm still consistently looking to like book photo shoots while I'm at the convention. Um, yeah. I'm far more likely to do photo shoots now offsite or on our own time as opposed to at the convention time it, just because... I, I want to do anything at the conventions. I want to be a part of the culture. I want to meet my friends. I want to do the panels. I want to buy a bunch of stuff I shouldn't be buying. All of that things. All the plushies. All of the plushies. Um, but but at Katsukon, I still really work hard to make sure that I catch everything, that I get my photos taken um, and work with my some of my favorite photographers that I might not necessarily see if I'm local. It's right. it's just such a great opportunity and the quality of the photos comes out as good, if not better than when I do um, shoots offsite. Um, it really, like I said, just a beautiful, beautiful center, lots of different options for photographers. So it's, it's got really something for every kind of cosplay, which I appreciate. Right. Were those, uh, all the photo shoots you booked, were they like, <laughs> How would you like describe it like price wise? Because I mean, I've been, I've been hoping maybe one day if I get like enough funds to just like go all out and booking several photo shoots for my own outfits. Because it's usually just that one guy that I see at every convention that I mentioned when he took shots of my prompto. He's the pretty much the only one who gives me like my time to shine in like posing and whatnot, but like, right. well, I guess it sort of depends on who you're working with. Um, it definitely depends on your relationship with the, that person. So I know many of the people that I work with, um, somewhat regularly, I've either met and shot with like hall shots, which is, um, I think what you're describing when you speak of your photographer friend is that it's somebody that you met while you were walking around the convention who asked, can I get your picture? And then was like, actually, can we go over here to take that picture? So that would be considered uh, a hall shot is any sort of photos that were taken, like in the convention hall. Right. Um, photo shoots that are not necessarily considered hall shots are ones that you wouldn't necessarily take physically in the convention space unless it made sense to the character. So a lot of times those would be like a photographer and you might go nearby the convention but you're not physically within the convention space anymore um, maybe you're going behind the convention center or to a local park and walking distance from the convention center it's something that you usually schedule um most of the time i've been scheduling my photo shoots before the convention happens because um, the photographers that i like to work with i know book up really quickly and they have very busy schedules at the conventions. They're there to work. Uh, having fun is entirely secondary. Um, right. 
But there are some photographers that I have met by doing hall shots and then we synergize really well or we're both really excited about each other's work and we'll say like, hey, are you going to be around later? Maybe we could schedule something and do like a more proper shoot. So I've had that happen as well. Um, a lot of the shoots, and I know you kind of brought this up earlier, uh, the idea of paid shoots. Hall shots, very seldomly I've ever seen someone be like, I'm going to take your picture. That's going to be X amount of dollars. Usually when when someone takes your picture for a hall shot, it is it is a free service that they are doing. Um, yeah. But as a result, you're not going to necessarily see people, uh, you're not necessarily going to see photographers editing their hall shots very much you'll see you know some photographers definitely do but for the most part the shots that they take are like all right i'll maybe do a little bit of tweaking and then i will present this they're not going to put so much effort into it because it costs them zero dollars to shoot the the picture and they're not getting any money by editing it so it's it's more just like a i i took a picture of something i thought was neat here we go um but for paid shoots, you usually photographers will do um, editing for it. Uh, many photographers at Katsukon will bring a lot of uh, lighting equipment or oh, yeah. even assistance yep. to come with them to help aid with those shoots. So you're going to get more of the production value from what you are doing. And then the prices for your shoot really do depend on the photographer and how they are working in the moment. So there are some shoots that I scheduled that were free shoots um, because that photographer doesn't want to charge or because, you know, I have a personal relationship with the photographer where like where we kind of work something out. Um, But that's far less typical um, for like, a photo shoot session a lot of times like mm. photographers will ask for money for their time um some photographers will set up for a one hour shoot some photographers are for a 30 minute shoot but generally speaking it's in that um time frame that you'll you'll be signing up for okay all right i'll definitely have to try and look into it one of these years because Katsu is definitely one con that I see myself going back to like yearly if I can afford it and whatnot. Right, right. That's that's always the if. Like, you know, the oh man, can I afford Katsu con? Yeah. Um, it's important because you live in uh, Rhode Island. So going to Maryland is not as easy as if you were going to like Boston. Right. Yeah, thank. I mean, it, yeah, round trip train rides—they're not that crazy expensive. Like, I think it's like the price I paid was like okay. Yeah, I could see that. Like, that's just about enough of what I paid for. So, right. Yeah, but you got to balance because if you can take a round trip train ride, that means you can't bring elaborate costumery with you. <laughs> Yes, yes. I remember the first time I went last year, uh, I couldn't, yeah, I, I couldn't bring Riku's Keyblade made out of wood. So I had to like sit that one out and just bring it vest and wig. And then I bought, no, I think it was just Riku and Prompto I brought that year. I didn't bring Nightwing. 
Hmm. Okay. So that becomes the, the difficult part, you know, whether you're taking a train, a bus, you're flying or you're driving. If you are not local to the convention space, it can be quite a hassle to get your elaborate materials to that location. And this is true oh, yeah. of places like KatsuCon, um, conventions like DragonCon. Um, these are two very big costume conventions that tend to draw a lot of participants from all across the country. Um, and it's not like in DragonCon's case, uh, across the world as well. Oh, yeah. One of my roommate's friends who met for the first time because they developed like an online friendship. She was based in Germany and she came out all the way for the con. Yes, so. DragonCon is very big. As, as If you think that KatsuCon is large, DragonCon... <laughs> DragonCon could eat KatsuCon and be like, I'll have seconds. <laughs> I refer to it as um, the Mardi Gras of cosplay. It's just enormous. Um, and because it takes place in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, there's so much like urban walking distance resources that you can go to it takes place across multiple hotels um and then of course people stay in multiple hotels and at dragon con there's this very large parade where they close like a mile block of downtown atlanta just to have cosplayers parade oh boy and like like, there's an application process to be a part of the parade like you don't just get to be in the parade oh my god it's it's a big deal and there are folks who have workshops or production companies or whatnot that just work on creating what they're going to create for dragon con it's just that big it's amazing yeah it can be a little overwhelming if if you were overwhelmed by katsu which can be overwhelming as well uh dragon con is all the more loud big bold it's just a treasure i love that convention just as much as i love katsu to be honest right yeah i've never been to dragon con i don't know if i ever will get to experience it maybe someday i don't know i think that's definitely one of my bucket list cons as with katsu like it's certainly worth the while yeah Last year, last year at Castle, I felt overwhelmed, but since I got used to it this year, not so much. Like I was rooming with pretty much the same people as last year and it was just good time partying out Saturday night. And then Sunday, I just happened to see everyone that I wanted to see again. Like they were just all within that confined like gazebo level area. So that was really nice. It's it can be difficult going to these conventions that have these bigger reps um, because it is very overwhelming and overstimulating. And so you need to temperature acclimate. I think going to Dragon Con made it so that I was more prepared for conventions like New York Comic Con because those kinds of conventions are, again, it's just if you're trying to move through a crowd, you're going to be real close to a lot of people and oh, it's yeah. going to be a fight to move from A to B and it's going to take you a while. So if you have a panel to go to, you better start getting ready to go to that panel like with half hour to, to go because it's going to take you that long. What with the crowds and if you're in cosplay being stopped for photos, which is never a hassle. I'm the kind of person yeah. who um, doesn't like to say no to photos. 
Um, right. Because I have experienced people saying no to me and it didn't like crush my soul, but I, I didn't love the feeling of it. And I understood that, you know, not everyone has the time or, you know, there could be something going on in that moment that they were like, no, I don't want to take a photo right now. And I'm certainly happy to respect that person's wishes. But I was just like, no, nah, well, I think my goal is going to be that I, I'll work hard to make sure that I'm available if someone wants a photo of me taken. And if I'm getting to the point where I would not be available for that, whether it's because I'm tired or I'm in pain from my costume or some other third thing, it's like, all right, well, I need to remove myself from the con floor and give myself what I need to do in order to get myself back to that even keel again. So I've, I've definitely at conventions like New York Comic Con where I've become overstimulated. I'm like, okay, my feet hurt. I need to go home. Um, <laughs> I left the show floor and like taken a break in my hotel room and then come back. Cause it was like, I know I'm going to be a pain in the butt if I continue. So I'm going to go take a break and then I'll come back and everything will be right. as right again. Yeah. Yeah. Going to New York for five years now. It's just like, I, I, be, <laughs> I become a pro at like weaving and bobbing through the crowd. And they I try- say that if you're in a crowded space and you're trying to move forward, the way you're really supposed to do it is you're supposed to move diagonally. Every time you see an open space, you just diagonally move and you're just going to be zigzagging across, yep. but it's the most efficient and time conscious way of getting from A to B. Right. Right. And by they, I mean, I totally read a cracked article on it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Katsukon's hotel. It's just like, just seeing it like in the day and then at night, it just to me it just had like this Disney World hotel kind of vibe. Like, oh, I could totally see like a, a theme park being not that far away. It just well, I mean, part of the you can totally see a theme park being here is that they do have a giant Ferris wheel, not that far, um, not terribly far away from <laughs> uh, from the hotel. It's very London in that way. You know, this is Ferris wheel on the Thames. In London, it's it's very reminiscent of that. Um, and at night, it also lights up and is, you know, all LED'd out. So it's, it's yep. super chic. Looks very cool um, as you drive up to the hotel area and you're on the other side of the, um, of the water. And you're just like, oh, how charming. How very charming. <laughs> also, the MGM Grand is you know, another like five minute drive away from the Gaylord hotel. So they're not hurting in national Harbor for like glitz glam and things to do. Oh yeah. There's a ton of stuff around the hotel. I mean, like we went out, we went out to eat at a China Chinese restaurant, which was fabulous. It was, I, I made a point to make sure that we ate at the Chinese restaurant because I ate there the year prior and it was oh. quiet and it was lovely and it was, it was like, quiet. The oh food God. was delicious. I think it's because it was a little bit pricier. So like the Chipotle that is nearby slammed, always crowded. But if you don't mind paying like an extra $10 more for your meal, that place was good. 
Yeah, yeah, the cute little teapot when we ordered tea. Uh, yeah, I know. We got green tea because yeah. I was like, you know what? I need something calming. Green tea. Green tea sounds just <laughs> delightful. <laughs> uh, let me see on my little list here. Uh, I guess it's being the first shot. I guess in the future, maybe future future guests can probably share or talk about how to do a certain technique. But on the topic of you with your mimic you, um, <laughs> franchise designs, like just like you in particular, I think you have done so many Pokemon based cosplays and it's just like. I dare yeah, say it's the thing like, I'm becoming known for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I guess just what about Pokemon is just like. It's just like so like open to like pretty much anyone who wants to try and cosplay like in your own like words and opinion. Well, this is marvelous that you're asking because this is coming on the heels of um, as I prepare for PAX East 2018, which is in Boston. um, I will actually be doing a panel about cosplaying non-human characters, which is uh, uses the Japanese term gajinka is the idea that you're cosplaying uh, a non-human character. So you're going to have to kind of create your own design. Um, so this is super relevant to what I've been prepping for, uh, for exactly that is for my panel. I had no idea. This I was have not planned. This was not planned. Public about it yet. <laughs> um, but I'm actually going to be doing two panels at PAX uh, this year. I'll be doing a cosplay 101 panel with Victoria Miller and Rocket Props, which I'm very excited for. Um, Victoria Miller is particularly known for her full suit Samus cosplay. And Rocket Props is known for doing a lot of really cool stuff with, um, he's made uh, duct tape models of ships like um, uh, Serenity from Firefly. He also does really, really pretty cosplay. Like he does a really good um, Gordon Freeman from uh, Half-Life. But I think the thing that he's the most known for is he's the guy who goes around um, with the cosplay, the wandering cosplay repair station. Oh, okay. That's yep. the thing I think he is the most well known for. He's he's just a guardian angel to all of us. And I absolutely love him. So I'm very excited that we're going to be doing a cosplay 101 panel together. And then um, the following day on Saturday, I'll be doing a cosplay Gajinka panel. And I'm super, super stoked because this is, again, this is a thing that I do. Um, I think Pokemon itself, more so than most other genres, is just a wealth because at the time of recording, there are 803 Pokemon to choose from. So you have so much as far as resources are concerned. Because there's, again, 803. If you didn't like one, fine. You have 802 others to choose from. Like, you got choices. Yeah, yeah. Then because Pokemon has been around for 21 years the advantage that you have is you also have 21 years worth of lore of content from the trading card games of content from the anime of content from the comic books of content from the other comic books, because there have this point been at least three different storylines going like official canonical storylines. So right. there's a lot of lore to draw from. And then when you think about what Pokemon is designed from the designers of the Pokemon themselves have been also utilizing different cultural 
or lore inspirations to make their Pokemon. So classic example, Ninetales, the, the fox from Gen 1's original 151 Pokemon. Okay, that's based off of the Ninetale demon fox, the Kitsune from Japanese folklore. So if yep. you're familiar with that lore and you're familiar with Pokemon, you can kind of fold a lot of those in. And then Pokemon itself has a lot of iconography that goes around because the trading card game has um, official symbols for fire types. Um, But then you've got from Pokemon Sun and Moon, there's now Z crystals, which have this new kind of tribal inspiration to all of the types of Pokemon, which gives you a new kind of icon to play with. So I utilized the Z crystals when I was doing my Mimikyu because I had some logos and images on my Mimikyu base. And among them were I had the Z crystal for Mimikyu uh, because Mimikyu has its own Z crystal (laughs) in uh, Pokemon (laughs) Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It gets a Z move. So it gets its own Z crystal. I used that on my base. And I also used um, the image, the icon for uh, fairy type from the trading card game because I didn't like the icon for the Z crystal for fairies um, from Pokemon Sun and Moon. So again, it's just this one of these kind of thing where it's like you have so many options and so many directions that you can go in that I find it incredibly inspiring. It's to me, it's almost difficult not to. So I know James, when we were uh, at the convention at KatsuCon together, one of the things that kept happening is I would keep having this like moment where I would just like have to grip the sides of the wall and just be like, Oh my God, guys, I have this great idea for a costume. And I would do that all of the time because I would either like see something that someone did or someone would make a joke. And I'm like, Oh my God, this Pokemon costume though, this would be everything. You and your horrible (laughs) puns. Oh my God. Listen, I, for me, when it comes to cosplay, especially cosplay that I design, um, which Gajinka gives me the opportunity to do. Uh, if I can make it funny, it'll make it so much worthwhile because I'm going to put hundreds of hours into making these costumes, oftentimes hundreds of successive hours. Like if I can't find the humor in it, then what is the point? Right. Like, I could, I can work my tail off to make something elegant and beautiful And then it's just like, while I'm working, it just becomes so effortful and I just get so mired. But if it's for something hilarious, like my um, last year's Katsugan, I debuted uh, a wizard form of Magikarp. So I called it my Magic Carp. Uh, Or some people also called it Magikarp, which I was also fine with. I was like, not no. Uh, That one, like every every tiny detail from the smocking on the uh, front of the dress to making each individual scale leather punched on the wizard's hat to like uh, designing the embroidery on the back, like every tiny detail was me sitting there being like, Oh my God, but it's going to be so funny when the first person is like, Oh, you're a magic harp. I get you. Like, so it was just, it was, that was what keeps me going. So if, if it's not punny, I'm doing something just super wrong. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there was some just thinking about it like a couple years back at Catholic Con, there were the Valkyries group. Oh yeah, that was the year when um my EVCon had a katsu problem. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was those. Uh one girl did a samurai kimono version of Samurai, which mm-hmm, makes mm-hmm. sense given the name. Um I know you and I had a back and forth on with Larcy about making like warrior like versions of the three legendary dogs. Yep. Um actually I have quite a number of friends who want to do legendary doggos. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much you can do with it. It's oh. been very wonderful amassing this sort of reputation around making Pokemon cosplay because it means that when I have friends who are interested in tumbling down the Pokemon pit with me, <laughs> um, that's exactly what happens. It's <laughs> like, I want to make a Pokemon cosplay, but I don't want to just do it by myself. Mink, are you interested in doing such and such thing? To which the answer is always yes, because hashtag gotta cause them all. Uh, which is in fact one of my goals. My personal cosplay goal is the I won't stop until I've done some representation of all of Gen 1's 151 Pokemon. And of course, sometimes I get sidetracked, like Mimikyu is not part of the first 151. And if I count hoodies and hoodie dresses, I've actually technically done Mimikyu already. But there are just some Pokemon that, you know, are worth derailing me. I think if I just do one a month, it'll take me something like 15 years. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's okay if it takes 15 years. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It doesn't help with your... (laughs) It's both stupid and like sighing with with your pun that you wanted to try to plan for September. Yeah, I'm going to keep that under wraps for now. I'm going to... All right. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal everything, but I will say this: September 2018 is going to see perhaps one of my greatest puns ever told <laughs> in cosplay form. Yeah, uh, but if it's fun. not if it's not pun, it's also like I also do a lot of trolling or like memeish things. So like um, <laughs> last year for Gen Con, I had. Uh, crossover of Princess Peach and uh, Pikachu. So we've just been calling it Princess Pichachu, which is just really fun to say. And I would love it because there are people, a lot of folks were like, oh, you must be a steampunk Pikachu. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever you want me to be, baby. Um, But (laughs) that's usually what happens when you do Gajinkas. You have to understand that at some point someone's going to get it wrong and you just got to be cool with it. You'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? That sounds great. That's what I am. (laughs) You got it, buddy. Um, but when people recognized that I was mirroring Princess Peach's silhouette and I just had done some color swapping and, you know, put some ears on a tail on it and put a lot of Pokeballs on there. I'm like, it's like your Princess Peach and Pikachu. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, my, my face is like bright and smiley. Like I've got my fist in the air. Like you got this, come on, put it together. And they're like coming up with the portmanteau as if they've done it, you know, they're doing it for the first time. And I've done it for like a hundred times. So I'm th- sitting there like, yeah, you can figure it out. Come on. And I'm watching the gears turn. So they're like, you're Princess Pichachu. And then it's just like the shoe drops. It's a celebration. Everyone is like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. 
no, it's amazing. Like that's, oh, again, boy. this is the stuff that I live for is when that happens, when it's like, it is translated so well that people who don't follow you because Gen Con, um, which is in uh, Indianapolis in Indiana, kind of the middle of the United States that I am not from because I'm from Boston. Uh, I didn't know a lot of people. And so they didn't know me and they didn't know that this was something that I was working on. Although granted, I did it so quickly that I don't even think that people who did follow me on social media knew it was something I was working on until it was already done, uh, which is pretty common. Apparently I'm really <laughs> sorry, social media. I'm trying to be better. My patrons usually get a heads up. I think, um, my patrons if they've been paying attention they can map out what i've what i'm working on until like july i think i've posted some information so like if you're paying attention you know what i'm doing every month until the month of july of 2018 at the time of recording it's february (laughs) (laughs) i have big plans (laughs) (laughs) oh let me see here Apparently, I don't want to do things like sleep, sit down, uh, take a breather, have money. Like, these are things I just want to avoid at all costs. <laughs> Why would you want any of those things anyway? I mean, really? Yeah. It's just money. Who needs money? <laughs> money to be used for goods and services. Oh. <laughs> uh, I didn't keep practice starting time so it feels like it's been long enough i don't know yeah, we've been we've been going for almost an hour oh shit really <laughs> first episode working out the kinks yeah <laughs> all right well you guys meet me talking about something i'm real passionate about i will i will monologue like i'm a bond villain no i appreciate that things i'm passionate about thinking about all these topics and I'm like eh, franchise design eh, Pokemon Mink was Pokemon Pokemon franchises yeah. designing things I can't imagine Mink would want to talk about any of those things <laughs> like, please, not only can I talk about all these things I elect to and now I'm gonna and, and darn it like if you are a PAX uh, I believe so far, and this is all subject to change because I haven't technically released official panels. If you are at PAX East 2018, you're listening to this, come to the Arachnid Theater at 10 a.m. on Saturday because this little Zubat is going to be giving a delightful panel on how to take a non-human character and be like, hmm, shabam, now I'm a person and I'm fabulous. Did you just spoil your cosplay for that Saturday? Hmm, looks like someone was paying attention. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess closing remarks on my end. Um thank you to everyone who made my CaptuCon just full of like love and happiness and all that other blah 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 emotional corny crap. Um it's definitely a con that I would recommend if you want to see a bunch of con squares bust out their a game i know it's definitely in years past provided me with a lot of features um as far as this podcast goes i thinking about trying to shoot it for monthly so if not monthly i'm thinking possibly maybe 
the next time we do an episode will be in April. Maybe Mink, if you want to do it again, talk oh, about Pack East. Since I'm not going to be there, just adult responsibilities, kids. Don't grow up. <laughs> oh my God. This, when did this turn into like a Neverland moment? <laughs> also, but don't yeah. grow up. Man, I feel like that's like story of my life. <laughs> so, if you're in a mind, you'll get to see the old edited version of this thing go up first before I put a link to it everywhere. I'm going to have to work out the kinks and see if I want to add in like little jingles that are in the audition software. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. You can find me on the Lightning Palace blog, which updates weekly, like two to three times a week. Um, my Patreon that's also connected to it. Um, Mink, you want to give yourself some plugs? Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> I'm on every social media um, except for Snapchat. I'm really sorry, Snapchat. It's just a young man's game. Uh, so you can find me uh Mink the Seder, that's S-A-T-Y-R. Uh, it is a mythological creature, not just a Jewish sad meal. That's spelled different. Um, <laughs> so you find me, I'm most often active on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Twitch. But I do have Tumblr, that new Vero app that I'm oh, yeah. about. <laughs> I'm saying that because this morning Vero was super down and I'm, it's like still kind of down. I couldn't get on it. Yeah, I, I, I can't plus like things right now. Yeah. Um, I really, I'm hoping for, you know, an alternative social media that doesn't have oh, yeah. algorithms that totally downplay your reach. But um, I'm not going to hold my breath because the thing that kind of stuff comes with the dinero, which I don't think you're going to get for people to sign up for something that requires a cost. A yearly subscription. I'm hopeful, yeah. but yeah, so far I'm liking it. So far I'm liking it. Okay. That's it for this first episode of Cosplay Bites. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming, tuning in. And, you know, as always, uh, positive feedback is not only welcome, but encouraged. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> All right. Until next time, guys. Uh, I'll come up with a catchphrase later. <laughs> May your days be merry and bright. Yay. What'd you say? <laughs> May your days be merry and bright. Oh, okay. Merry and bite. Mm. Oh. oh. It's, it's not Christmas. Not what ideas get started. I pray